0: Do you know him completely, all, all-encompassing now, or would you like to know him a little bit more? We're going to show you how you can change, how you can be conformed into the image of Christ. That is God's overwhelming, universal purpose for all of us, his children. Isn't that something? He, he says, I want you to be like Christ. He oh no, Pastor Chuck, I can't do that. Be like Christ? Me? Yes. He wouldn't have asked us to do it if he didn't think it was possible to be conformed into his image. Now, Paul said it this way. He says, not that I have attained, but I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. He says, I haven't arrived. Here's a guy that wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. He says, I haven't arrived yet, but I'm pressing forward. I'm moving. I keep reaching for the Lord. And then in verse, uh, let's look at Romans eight twenty nine. It'll say here, for whom he foreknew, you know, he knew you before you were born in your mother's womb. He knew you. He predestined you to be conformed to the image of his son. My, my, my. What a calling to be like Jesus. Do people ever say that to you? Man, you're acting just like Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> no, not in this house. huh? <laughs> well, that's why we're here. You know, we're, we're working on it. <laughs> Conform to the image of his son, because what did he say? He says, Let us make man in our image. Let us be, let him be like us, like the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Jesus saying, I want to make you my brothers, and I want to be the firstborn, and you to follow along. And so Paul also says, Not that I had already attained, either were already perfect, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things that were behind. Can you do that? Can you forget all the things that you were before and be a new creature in Christ and move into a, a, a new realm, reaching forth unto the, those things? He says, I press towards the mark. I press, I move, I go through my habits, my ways of doing things to the, get to the and reach the high calling of God in Christ Jesus, amen? So my job... In Ephesians 4, 11, it says, And he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints or the maturing of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. My job is to get you mature. That's a kind of tough assignment, isn't it? <laughs> I'm still working on myself, let alone working on you. But you know, as we, we're going to find out how we can be conformed into his image. How many of you want to see that? It, it's an easy step. You don't have, it's not a lot of work. But it's a lot of you know, uh, devoting yourself to seeing God change you, because he's the only one that can change you. Did you know that? We're going to find out some of the ways that we try to do it, but uh, we have to receive the Lord. So um, a lot of us, let's look at this next, uh, what's that look like? Like father, like son. Isn't that right? Like the Father God, sh- so shall we be like him also. Now, do you find yourself doing the same things that your parents did? Your father and your mother, how many of you how many of you gotten to that age? Yes? Okay. I find myself doing the same things my father did. Like my father, he would go to Bristol Farms. He's got plenty of money. He had plenty of money. But he would go for free samples. And a little shot of coffee. You know? And he would come home and he was so happy. He, he went to McDonald's and they used to give him free coffee, and they stopped giving him free coffee. He said, "You know what? Forget it. <laughs> I, I, I'm not even coming here anymore." I go, "Pop, you could buy the whole place. What? Are you, what? That's just, just, just the way he was." So I find myself now when I do my errands and going around, I go to Trader Joe's and get a little shot of coffee and a free sample, you know. And I call my sister. I said, "I'm acting like Pop. I don't know what's wrong with me." I make noises like he does, I make gestures like he does, I look in the mirror, I say, oh my God, dad's, oh, that's me, sheesh. Like father, you're laughing, huh? (laughs) It's the ghost of my dad has come back. (laughs) Like father, like son. It's funny, you know, when we started uh, renovating the church here, we found out there was a lot of father and son companies. When we did the pavement out there, it was a father and son. When we did the sign out there, it was a father and son. When we did the painting, it was mother and son. It's amazing how many fathers and sons, when we, we just shampooed the carpets, father and son. So I'm glad that I broke off from that, because my dad was a mechanic, and I was not very mechanically inclined. It skipped me and went to my son. But usually, you pick up what your father is doing. their are uh, mannerisms. And I know when Charles was growing up, and if he did something wrong, my wife and I would look at each other and go, that's your side. That's, that's you. That's, <laughs> your, that's your gene getting in there. No, 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 that's your... I think that... No, we'd argue about it, but anyway. <laughs> like father, like son. So we're supposed to be like Jesus. Amen. We were created in his image, the Bible says, and through great and precious promises, we become like him. We become partakers of his divine nature. His nature is on the inside of us. Isn't that glorious? God himself said, I'm going to put my way and my nature inside of you so that you can walk and act and talk just like me. We have the mind of Christ. Do you, ha- do you know that you have the mind of Christ? We're going to show you how to get it. I'm glad you came here today. The Bible says, as you have received... In Colossians 2.6, let's see that scripture. <clears throat> Colossians 2.6. There we go. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. Walk like he walked. Pray. Do you, is that, how do you walk like him? Bless you, my child. Glory be to, your, to my name. Amen. No. Rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as you have been taught. Let's look at another one. John 1, 2, 6. I don't know if that's up there or not. I'll read it to you if it's not. It says, he who, who, he who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. Isn't that something? 1 John four seventeen says, as he is, so are we in this world. Do you get the realization of that? Do you get the understanding that Jesus said, just the way I was in this world, I want you to be the same way. All the power, all the nature, all the goodness that I have is deposited in you, and you're supposed to be that way wherever you go. (laughs) That's great news. Are we doing it? No, that's why we're here today. Praise the Lord. (laughs) So, man does it three different ways. Let's see, let's see. There's three ways we do it. Let's see. Elimination, imitation, and determination. What are you talking about, Pastor Chuck? Well, some of us try to eliminate our bad habits, our bad ways. You say, I'm going to work on some things. I'm not going to steal. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lust. I'm not going to talk bad about people anymore. So we try to eliminate some of our bad behaviors, and we think that we're going to be like Jesus. No, that's not true. All you're doing is getting rid of the external actions, but you're not really getting into the root, the, the center of your spirit of how to motivate yourself to be like Christ. So you're just kind of, you say, oh, I won't be angry as much. You ever try to not be angry? Oh, it's just so hard, you know, it just keeps wanting to rise up <laughs> and manifest itself. So you may go for a little while, But all of a sudden, it's just going to come out like a volcano, okay? I'm not going to get mad at my kids. I'm going to be calm. I'm going to tell them very nicely this and this. And then finally, it's like, how many times have I told you? Okay. Everybody's being numb, pretending like they... they. (laughs) But, But see, when you try to eliminate certain parts of your character, you're only addressing a few things, but God wants us to be, have our character all-encompassing. We're supposed to be at the root of this. You, you shouldn't say, I'm good in this area, not good in that area, because the Bible says, how can you bless God with your mouth and then curse your brother or your sister who is made in the same similitude as you, right? So we see some people in church Oh, I just love you, Lord. Oh, Lord God Almighty. What is that person wearing? <laughs> I just love you, Jesus. What kind of hairdo is that? Oh, my Lord. Did she look in the mirror today? Oh, I love you, Jesus. I just love you, love you, love you, love you. Uh, oh, oh Here comes that lady again. Oh, I hope she doesn't sit on my robe. I, I just... Lord, take her back, back, way back. (laughs) Thank God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Amen? (laughs) Are we that way? No? Okay, good. (laughs) So when we try to eliminate stuff, we don't get to the root of the problem. Praise God. And, you know, they had this saying, Just say no to drugs. remember that in the 80s? Just say no to drugs. It's not that easy. They found out it didn't work. Because you just can't eliminate. You have to say yes to Jesus before you can say no to drugs. Right? Amen. They did studies. They said it didn't help. It was a good, catchy little slogan. Just say no. Yeah, just say no to that apple pie. Uh, No, it's not that easy. How many of you have been on a diet for longer than 20 years? (laughs) And, and how much weight have we lost? I, I found out I've lost about 50 pounds in the last 20 years. Yeah, I would lose two and then gain five, then lose five and gain three. I mean, it just, you, you wind up at the same number. But you're always on a diet. You know, why, why aren't things changing? I don't know. So when you try to eliminate things, You have to put something deep down in there to change. We're going to show you how to do that, okay? So one thing is to eliminate. Another another way is to imitate. You ever try to imitate and be like Jesus without having it on the inside, just the external, you know? I'm going to be kind. I'm going to be good. I want to be like Mike, (laughs) right? But that's just outward obedience. You, You say, I'm going to let my outward appearance, my actions be acceptable, in front of people. I'm going, to be, I'm going to pretend to be like Jesus. I'm going to pretend to be a Christian. But when things don't go my way, look out. <laughs> All of a sudden, another person comes out. You might have your Bible in your hand, a Jesus sticker on your car, a cross around the, your neck. But when you get angry, look out. Forget Christianity. All of a sudden, I'm going to give them a piece of my mind. I'm going to tell them what it is, get them straight, and make things happen together for my good. Amen? <laughs> I had a friend at, uh, at my work, and uh, he was cool, man. You know, you ever, you ever meet these guys that are cool? That, like, they don't walk, they glide. You know, he's kind of... He was a pretty boy, too. You know, really looked good. And, and then when he says hi, it's always like, you know, like condescending, like, hey, Joe, how you doing? How's it going? Okay. Cool, man, cool. And so I, I was trying to break, I like to break people's, you know, uh, persona. And so I said, brother, uh, you, you always seem pretty cool. He goes, yeah, I try to be. And I said, well, let me ask you, what if somebody wrongs you? Well, like, What if somebody borrows $100 and doesn't pay you back? Oh, ho oh. I'd let them have it. I'd let them know that that ain't right. All of a sudden, Christianity gets thrown out the window. Amen? So you you can have uh, all the catchphrases, blessed be God, blessed be your house, blessed be your children, blessed be your dog. But when things don't go right, what comes out? You know, when you go to the market, they have all the cans that are labeled, aren't they? So you know what's inside of them. You have a can of corn, can of string beans, and you can see the picture. So we're supposed to be Christians, we have our outward appearance, we have the Bible, we have our cross, but what's inside should be Christ. Are are we mislabeling ourselves? Are we pretending like we're Christ? Are we imitating Jesus, but not actually being Jesus? Praise God. So that's one way, imitation. The third thing is determination. I promise the Lord I will not do that anymore. I promise the Lord I will be good. I won't say those things. I won't get angry. I'm just going to make sure I do it. I'm going to bear down and believe it. But how many of you know self-effort doesn't work? You're going to run out of strength? God knows that. Try, trying to change in your own strength only leads to frustration. You're going to get tired of working, working, working. I can remember growing up. How many of you can remember? I used to get in trouble a lot. I don't know about you. Just simple things, talking, you know, cheating. (laughs) Is that wrong? (laughs) It was an open book test for me, but it actually wasn't an open book test. No, we're not going to go through the whole list, okay? <laughs> but I always said, Lord, if you can get me out of this one, I'll serve you for the rest of my life. How many of have ever made that prayer? Anybody in here? Or I'm the only one that made that prayer? Holy cow. Jeez. All the time, still making that prayer, right? But after a while, I said, you know what, Lord? He always kept good his promise but I never could keep my promise. So I said, forget it, I can't do it. So I'm not gonna do it by elimination, imitation, or determination, I can't do it. I need you, Lord, to change me from the inside out, okay? So let's. you ready for the answer? That's the problem, you know, in sales, they show you the problem, and then you, they give you the answer, because you say like, okay, I know that, I've tried to eliminate, I tried to eliminate all my bad habits, I tried to be good, I try not to say anything to my relatives. <laughs> I try not to re- remind them of the way they are. I try to try I didn't it didn't work imitating, trying to be like Jesus without not having him on the inside and I couldn't determine to not do the right thing and see it come to pass. But here's the way that we're going to learn how to change. The next uh, slide is what Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 29, come to me, come, come, come to me, all you who labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Oh, thank God we get to have some rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. We gotta learn how Jesus did it. Take his yoke. You know what that is in, in farming terms? No one knows, I see, okay. Uh, a yoke is something they put on a mule, a mature mule, and then they would have a young mule by the side there. And so it was a double yoke. The older one had the yoke. Then there was a bar there, and the younger one had a yoke. And they would walk together, and the the younger one would learn how to plow the field. So Jesus said, I already did this field. I already came here and lived a perfect life. So take my yoke upon me. Learn from me. I'll show you how to get through this life. I'll show you how to be victorious in all that you do. You don't know how to do it. I've been here, done that, so follow me. Learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Hallelujah, glory to God. In another place, he says, follow me, and I will make you some. I'll, I'll, I'll teach you how to be fishers of men. So we follow him, we learn from him, he teaches us. Well, you say, well, Jesus isn't here anymore, is he? But he said, I'm going away, but I'm going to send another comforter, a helper, a counselor, a standby, a strengthener that will help you do whatever you're supposed to do. So the Lord, let the Holy Spirit be here on earth to help us and to guide us in all the truth. So we're going to look at the scripture that describes how we can change. Let's look at this here. But before we look at the scripture, you know, um, I was saying last week that the Old Testament is types and shadows of the New Testament. It gives us principles that we can learn from so that we can know how to apply the New Testament scriptures. Did you know that? Some people say, well, that's the Old Testament. I'm not going to read that. I'm just going to read the New Testament. No, the Old Testament talks about where Jesus, uh, what he did for us. Let's see if that, we can find it. There it is. There was a day, there was a time when, the, when Jesus rose from the dead. He, woke with, he walked with two disciples on the road to Emmaus. And he was talking to them about who and what he was in the Old Testament. And it says here in Genesis, he was the seed of the woman. You know, when Adam and Eve sinned, God said, Eve, your seed is gonna bruise Satan's head, right? Exodus. He's the Passover lamb. He was the sacrificial lamb that was shed for us so that our sins can be passed over. In Leviticus, he was the high priest. In Numbers, he was the cloud and the fire. In Deuteronomy, he was the prophet like Moses. In Joshua, he's the captain of our salvation. In Judges, he's the judge and lawgiver. In Ruth, he was the kinsman redeemer. And so Jesus was walking seven miles with these guys, and he was telling them all the things that he was in the Old Testament. Let's see the picture of this. No? Let's go up one where he's walking with, uh, there he is. It's amazing how we can get a picture of Jesus way back then. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Praise God. Well, here he is, Jesus. He's walking with these two guys, and he's explaining to them, where he was and how it was prophesied that he was going to come, and how it was a type and shadow of what was going to be here in the New Testament. Now, who wouldn't want to walk seven miles with Jesus and have him talk to you about the Bible? What a lesson that would be, wouldn't it be? Now, how long do you think it took to walk seven miles? Long time. time. (laughs) Nobody knows? Okay. (laughs) Three miles an hour, it'd take about two hours and change. That's if they walk straight, but I think that Jesus would get to some parts, and he would get excited, and he would talk, and he would stop, and he would preach to them about it. Amen? See, that's what my wife does to me when we go for a walk. We we go for a walk for about 15, 20 minutes, and as we're walking, she'll stop to make a point. She goes, you know, at work, I find that I have to, you know, lead people in a way, teach them how to, you know, receive, and talk, and and she, I go, can you come on? Let's go. Let's go. Keep walking. Can't we walk and talk at the same time? <laughs> and, then, and then she'll give me a little bump as we're walking. You know, like, what do you think about that? So i like, I'm trying to walk. What do you, that's my love tap. Boop. OK, OK. There's no stopping and no bumping, OK? Let's just get this thing done, OK. <laughs> But that's what makes her enjoyable and loving, okay? Lovable. But see, I didn't know all this stuff when I got married. And I think you ladies should have like a little booklet of everything that, you know, the good and the bad, what to do, what not to do, what to say, not to say. And we can just read it, you know? Before we get married. And so, okay, page 37. When we walk, I will bump you. I will stop and make a point. If necessary, you must stop also <laughs> and make sure you're paying attention, and then we'll move on. Thank you very much. Okay. So I don't know if Jesus did that to these guys. I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> uh, Jesus was explaining these scriptures to him. Okay. So So here's, here's the backdrop of this, how we're going to change. And Paul takes a, a, a passage in the Old Testament. Do you remember? Ooh, do you remember when Moses received the Ten Commandments on the mountain, right? He went up to the mountain and he asked God, he said, show me your glory. I want to see all you are. And he said, well, I don't really do that very much, but I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll put you in the cleft of the rock. I'll let my glory pass by you. And he proclaimed, the glory of the Lord, to to Moses. And then Moses, what happened was, he was with the Lord for 40 days. His face began to shine. It began, let's, let's see that picture. There it is. Wow. It was brilliant because he'd been with the Lord. The glory of the Lord was on him. And so when Moses came with the Ten Commandments, let me see the Ten Commandments, here he is. All right. So Moses had come down from the. got the Ten Commandments from the Lord. Here are all 10 of them. Glory to God, Hallelujah. Amen And his face was shining. And so the disciples I mean, the, the children of Israel go like, "Whoa, you bad, <laughs> You bad." And he said, "Now I want you to do these things. I want you to do the things I'm telling you to do, and, and, and go on with your bad self, and I need you to, to obey these things." And he put the fear of they were afraid of him. Wouldn't you be afraid of him? If he if he's shining, you, man, the guy's got God on his face, you know. Don't mess with him. So what what Moses would do is because what he found out was you might have to help me with this, he uh, he had to, <laughs> he had to put a veil over his face. So the people wouldn't see, and I can't see, the the people couldn't see that the glory that was on his face was leaving. He, He said, I need these guys to obey me, and if I see the glory leaving me, then I won't be able to talk to them or have them be afraid of me. So let's go to the scripture now. So Paul is talking to this about Moses, and he's saying, but we are not like Moses because we with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as by the Spirit of the Lord. What is he saying? He's saying you don't have to put a veil over your head. Your glory can continually be shining day after day, year after year, month after month, forever. Have you ever met... uh, Elderly ladies that just have the glow of the Lord on them, like this beautiful woman here. Yeah, you. (laughs) You can tell that they spent time with the Lord, right? Do I see any glory clouds over here? Here's a glory cloud right here. Amen. He says, with unveiled face. He says, we don't have to worry about it fading away because it's continually it just keeps coming and coming and flowing through us. Amen? So, this word transformed is the word change, like metamorphosis, like a caterpillar changes into a butterfly. How many of you like caterpillars? I don't like caterpillars. They're ugly, they're creepy, they're slimy. They're ugly. (laughs) Some guys used to like to put them on their fingers and all that stuff. No? You heard about that guy that ate a slug and it messed up his brain and he died? So don't need a caterpillar. But inside the caterpillar is a beautiful butterfly. So inside of our mortal bodies, inside of our way of living this life, is a beautiful Christ-like glory that has to come out. That word transfigured is the same Uh, word used when Jesus was transfigured on the Mount of Transfiguration. His natural self was there, but the glory of the Lord came out. So we have to show the glory of the Lord coming out of us. And how do we do that, you might ask. You ready? It says it right there. We behold as in the mirror the glory of the Lord. So there's three aspects to a mirror. Let's look at this here. You receive the image and the glory of the Lord, you retain the image and glory of the Lord, and you reflect the image and glory of the Lord. So a mirror, what does a mirror do? It just, re- it just receives the image. A mirror by itself doesn't do anything, right? But when you put something in front of it, it, it displays what you're showing. Am I right? So what image are we receiving from the Lord? We receive the glory. Let's see. Let me see your B-I-B-L-E. Here's one. When we open up our Bible and we read the word of God, guess what? We're receiving his glory. Isn't that good news? You don't have to work at it. You don't have to try to make it happen. Just as you are watching and reading it, it's going to get on the the inside of you. You're going to receive it. So the work is not in you. The work has already been done. Jesus said, if you just look into this as beholding a mirror, it will change your life on the inside. Amen. Amen. This is good news. If you need love in your heart, you go to a scripture that talks about love and you just read it and it'll it'll come into you. You'll receive it like a mirror. When you need healing, when you need provision, whatever you need, it's, it's already been promised. Just go find it in the Bible and let it minister to you. You receive it. So what we behold, we become. Whatever grabs your attention, grabs you. Amen. When we behold and the Bible says we will be like him. We we become what we behold. Let me read this to you. It is a law of nature that we are molded by the persons with whom we associate and by the objects objects which we contemplate. We embrace their opinions, we copy their habits, we imitate their manners. We fall into the customs of those with whom we have daily conversation and with whom we make our companions and friends. Their sentiments will tend to become our sentiments and their ways our ways. Have you ever hung around a person for a while and all of a sudden you start saying the same thing they do? Why? It's just whatever you're beholding, whatever you're looking into, it becomes you. So it just depends on what you're looking at. If If you're not looking at the Bible and you're looking at the ground, you're not going to receive anything. All of a sudden, you're going to be apart from the glory. And so the glory can't change you. The mirror reflects whatever we're looking at. It doesn't create the image. So what we're supposed to do is meditate on the word day and night. So we become that. Now, after you receive it, you have to retain it. What does that mean? You keep looking at it continually. If you take your mind or your, the mirror off of it, it goes somewhere. Else. Oh, you look at a Christmas tree. Oh, how beautiful that is. Oh, these ornaments, these lights. Oh, I love Christmas. Don't you love Christmas? The presents, how beautiful they are. All of a sudden, you're taking your mind off of Jesus, the reason for the season. You got to get back. You have to retain, keep that in the frontlets of your mind and in your heart, so you'll be changed from glory to glory. Isn't that what it says? Let's go back to that scripture. Transformed into the same image from glory to glory, over and over and over. The more you look, the more you change. The more you look, the more you grow. Not even about you. (laughs) Not even about how much you try. It's how much you can receive, how much you can retain, and how much, let's see the last one, you reflect the image and glory of God. Praise the Lord. Are you reflecting the image and glory of God? Are you going around and saying, the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever? Do you say, I endure long and I'm patient and kind? I do not consider a wrong I pay no attention to a separate wrong. Consider not evil done to me. I'm walking in love everywhere I go. Hallelujah. I, was do, you know, I practice what I preach. You know, so I was at Walmart yesterday, and I was just walking around like I got Jesus in me. Amen? <laughs> Hello, how, how are you all doing? Praise the Lord. God is good. Hallelujah. Jesus is real. How are you feeling? Why? I'm reflecting the way the Bible says we're supposed to be. The joy of the Lord is our strength. <clears throat> or you can just walk around going, you have your mirror down. Oh, man. Got to go here. Then I got to go over there. And I can't. They're out of stock of this. Oh, my gosh. What are we going to do? No. You <laughs> reflect the image and glory of God. They that look into the perfect law of liberty, you'll be free when you look into Jesus praise the Lord. So we learn it's not by elimination, it's not by imitation, it's not by determination, but it's receiving the glory of the Lord. And how do you receive that glory? By spending time in the Word, by spending time in worshiping Him, praising Him, giving Him glory. And as you do that, you get into the presence of the Lord, and all of a sudden, things don't look the same. You you don't look at it with natural eyes. You look at it with supernatural eyes, loving eyes, Jesus' eyes, and your life will change and you'll grow from glory to glory into the same image of Christ. Praise God. Amen. Let's just stay that for a minute and let's let the glory of the Lord. Marlene's going to lead us. And so I want you to practice this because you don't have to try to be like Jesus. You can just let Jesus come on the inside of you and I sense him now. and you sense the Holy Spirit coming and confirming that word so that we can know that God loves us? He wants to depart, uh, deposit in us his glory, his presence, his way. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Let's play softly. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Before we play, just receive You see it. Do you receive it? Can you sense the presence of the Lord is here? He wants to change us. He wants to make us conform to his image. And the only way he can do it is to put his spirit on the inside of us. Hallelujah. Come, Lord Jesus. Come. By your spirit.